Amen. Boy, somebody needs to pour some water on these band members, seems to me like. Getting out of hand up there. <laughs> well, I'm here to calm us down a little. <laughs> no, we're grateful. We're grateful for how they lead us. They work hard. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. This is part of the scripture which gives, gives us Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. He prays for them to be able to see some things that they haven't seen. He, he prays God would show them this. Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 19, because this is one of the things he prays that they will see. Ephesians 1, 19 the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You see what he's saying? I pray you'll see that the work of Christ that God did in Christ when he raised him from the dead, I pray you'll see that it's in you that that's the same power at work in you. He says, verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, verse 21, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Now verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church. I would underline that. For the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all by being in all. And by filling all, he means filling, being in those who are his people, the church. He points out the great position of Christ to see, to show us what God is doing in us. He points out what God did in Christ that he raised him from the dead, put him at his right hand, gave him absolute headship over everything. If it's got a name, he's over it. Look at the degree of this authority. Verse 21, far above. He's not just barely above. You don't have anybody close to him. Amen? He's far above. Then look at the extent 
of this authority. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named. Look at the extent further. Not only in this age, but in the one to come. He's never going to be off the throne. And then look at the intent of it. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things for the church. The church was God's motive in this. This is significant. So let's look a little closer at this passage. Let me say a word about the the powers and the personalities of which he is over in verse 21. Um, He's far above all, and he names, this is the English Standard Version, rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that's named. Now, most uh, commentaries take that to be um, demon powers, evil spirits, that there are levels of devils. Some are very powerful, some are less powerful. Especially demon powers as they influence men and women. They are influencers. If you want an example of a demon-influenced leader, I can give you Vladimir Putin. The thief comes not but to rob and steal and destroy. I don't think the Ukraine people attacked Russia. Russia decided it wanted more territory. It's kind of the same thing as somebody breaking in your house and he's not just taking stuff. He's telling you he's taking over the house. He's going to live there and you're going to be his servant and do what he says. No wonder they're fighting over there. But people can be influenced by demons. When Judas went to betray Jesus, it says uh, before he went to betray Jesus, it says that Judas, Satan filled his heart. Oh, and it, have you, I saw on the news, maybe y'all saw this, where they said uh, Putin's personality has changed. That he doesn't seem to be the same kind of person he used to be. So these are, I think, I agree with most of the commentaries here. These are are demon powers that also can influence us. Um, but remember, his point here is that he's far above this. All his authority over these demon powers is for the church. So you know, you're, you're not without, you can be in the battle uh, internationally by praying for people and, and asking the Lord Jesus to bring down these dominions and rulers and powers that are killing people and hurting people and stealing people's lives. You can pray that. I hope you will. 
Great authority is given to us here. I can remember when I first started pastoring, um, I, I did not know this passage. I didn't know a lot. And, um, and I don't know that much now. But I know this passage. And I can remember when I first started pastoring that demons would come to me. This is getting weird, I know. But they would show up. And like uh, the one I remember is at night, uh, I woke up right in the middle of the night and there was this eerie light at the foot of my bed. It was on my side. Jan was sleeping there. I was sleeping here. And a demon was standing at the foot of my bed. I know it was an evil spirit. And I knew exactly where he was at. And being a great man of God, I threw the covers over my head and snuggled up next to Jan. <laughs> I figured that was a safe place. No devil's going to bother this woman. <clears throat> I did not know that I didn't have to be afraid. If the devil wanted to hurt me, he wouldn't have been standing at the bottom of my bed. He just likes to intimidate. He's like a, uh, uh, he's like a ferocious dog on a leash. He can't get past, he can't get over the chain. You're all right. Don't let Satan put fear in you. But here, Jesus is far above these for the church. And you can, you can get that in your heart and in your mind that the power of Jesus, the mighty power of Jesus who is far above, that's just not for him. That's so I can be protected. Jesus will, is absolutely protecting his people. Then uh, notice he says uh, in verse 21, Rule, authority, power, dominion, and above every name that is named. Every name that is named. If it, if it has a name, he has absolute authority. He's far above it. I think that includes every cell in your body. That if you're sick, I believe Jesus can heal you. And you don't have to be Pentecostal or charismatic to believe that. I'm a Baptist and I believe Jesus is Lord of every cell in your body. Um, I remember the one Sunday morning, I just kind of felt like God wanted me to, to lay hands on people and pray for healing. It wasn't, it wasn't an announced healing service. I just invited people at the end of the service to come if they wanted me to pray for them, I would be glad to do it. And I had a lady who was, had been in the church all her life. And when she came, she said, Pastor, it's my back. And you need to know I've been taking pain pills for 20 years because I can't hardly move. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I thought, well, I'll pray for her and help her on her way. 
But I did what James 5 says do, lay hands on the sick, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. I laid hands on her, sent her on her way. And that woman came back the next week, and she said, I want you to know I have not had one pain since that prayer, and I have not taken one pain pill, and I was her pastor for many years until she died, and she, she, never, she told me, she said, I never took a pain pill after that. I believe Jesus heals because he's far above everything that is named. If it has a name, he's above it and over it, far above it. And he has given this authority to his church. I want to read to you a comment by an early church father. His name was Tertullian. He was, he was actually a pastor and he was writing to a government official in Rome who had criticized the church and said, what good are you? This government official said, you, churches are everywhere now. He said, but what good are you? Tertullian writes back to him and this was in, a, in his letter, part of his letter. And he says, were it not for us, who would free you from these hidden foes that make havoc of your health, both in soul and body? Who would protect you from the raids of demons which we repel from you without reward? We do more than repel them. We overwhelm them. We expose them. We hold them to contempt. We exorcise them from their victims. And this is well known to everybody. They ran the demons out of Rome. Do you know that if you go back in the Old Testament, you will not find, to my knowledge, you will not find one single exorcism casting out of demons in the whole Old Testament. The greatest prophets, kings, and priests never cast out one demon. So they were everywhere when Jesus came. When Jesus came, the very I, I just noted this in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. He was, Mark 1 23, he was in the synagogue, and a man with an unclean spirit was in the synagogue, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are. Demons knew him. And he goes on a few verses later, and there's another event, Mark 1.32. At sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered at his door. And he healed many and cast out many demons. And he wouldn't even permit the demons to speak. Same chapter, same book. Mark chapter 1, verse 39. He went through all Galilee, preaching in synagogues, Casting out demons. See, the thing is, until you have the church, until Jesus came and the church was raised up, he has authority over everything for the church. So when the church was authorized by Jesus as his body in the earth, all of a sudden demons are in trouble. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. And demons 
I mean, if you wanted to find a demon right now, where would you go? They're kind of scarce. They don't want to be around us. They can still influence if they, you give them a chance, they can still influence you, but it's hard to find these guys. <laughs> you know why? Because Jesus came and he gave authority to the church to act in his name. This authority over all powers and dominions, etc., this is for the church. And since Jesus came and the church came and the church grew and wherever the church goes, demons get in trouble. So Tertullian said, what would you do without us? You'd be full of demons right now if it wasn't for us. You go to a place, uh, to a country, to an area where there's no churches and look at the people's lives. He's put all things under his feet for the church. Now, <clears throat> this, let me just give you three things here um, as an outline. Uh, this present authority and reign of Christ should do three things for us. One, it should comfort our hearts. Uh, Jesus is Lord of all. That should comfort our hearts. And the fact that he's Lord of all for the church, that's wonderful news today. Uh, it's like Joseph in the Old Testament. You remember the story of Joseph? Jacob had 12 sons and he was the next to youngest. His jealous brothers took him and sold him into slavery and down into Egypt. So they took him down there and he interpreted dreams for Pharaoh and Pharaoh elevated him to the second in command in all of Egypt. And then a famine came, but Joseph had stored up seven years of wheat and corn and so he was able to feed all of Egypt and have enough left over to feed a lot of people who come for help. And so the, his brothers up in, Israel, in the land of Canaan, they said, we got to go to Egypt. We got to go down there and get some food. So they did. In fact, Joseph ended up moving the whole family down there until his father, Jacob, had died. And after Jacob had died, it says the brothers were nervous. What will Joseph do now? Uh, he's, we were mean to him, you might say. And so they went to Joseph and they said, hey, uh, is everything okay? Because since our father died, you know, you, you are the judge. You could do things to us. And it says he wept, Genesis 50, 20. And it says, Joseph tells him, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about the preservation of many people as you see today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and for your little ones. And thus he comforted them. 
And see here, this is a perfect picture of Jesus. He's exalted to the right hand of the Father. And we're afraid to go to him. We're afraid of Jesus. Not realizing that everything God the Father did through Jesus in his death and in his resurrection, in his enthronement, it was to save us. Do you think going to Jesus now he's going to harm us? Everything he's done, he's done to save us. And the fact that he is now Lord of all, over everything, far above every authority in the earth, both in this age and the one to come, the fact that that's his present position, he wants to comfort us with that position that he holds on our behalf. His intention, his motive is to use his position to preserve us. And Joseph said, do not fear I will provide for you and your little ones. I can summon any amount of food I want. I can take a sandwich or two and turn it into enough food to feed 5,000. So do not fear. They were comforted. He was comforting them with these words. That's That's my message to you today. Jesus is high above on your behalf. It should comfort uh, our hearts. Here's the second thing it should do. It should direct, inform our prayers. Many of us make our prayers and see prayer as only to meet our needs. Now I want to remind you, it says that His position is for the church. We ought to make, there's nothing wrong about praying uh, for yourself. Uh, Sometimes God does things because he has compassion on us and he helps us. But here's the thing I want you to see. The primary goal of the gospel in his death, resurrection, and enthronement is for the church. That's what he says. In verse 22, he made him head, gave him his head over all things for the church. So the church should be the primary focus of our prayers. God, preserve the church, bless the church, use the church, protect the church, provide for the church. We should have prayer meetings just for the church. Of course, the members are parts of the church. But this should inform our prayers. Make your prayer life primarily about his church. Have you ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? Matthew 6. Have you noticed that there's not a single I in the Lord's Prayer? It's always about us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us for our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. Every request is for us, not me individually. I think this again is an emphasis on the church. It should direct our prayers. If this is true, Jesus is Lord of all on behalf of the church, this should direct our prayers. And third thing is, it should enlarge our vision. It should enlarge our vision. If Jesus is Lord of all, If he can summon resources, 
if he can protect his people, if he can guide and give wisdom, protection to his people, we should make no small plans. And honestly, I'm not sure money should be the deciding factor of a church's decision and effort to go forward. We're sending out hundreds of postcards in the neighborhoods to people who've never been to church here for this coming Easter. We're gonna, we want to fill this place up. I don't want a single table or chair empty on Easter Sunday as we gather to praise the risen Christ. Man, you talk about knocking your socks off. We want to do that on Easter Sunday. Capacity. We should make no small plans. If Jesus is Lord of all and he can provide for us and, and he can protect us and he can guard us and guide us, then let's go for it. Don't let, don't let shortages or diseases set our schedule. By diseases, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Do I have to spell it out? <laughs> but a renewed and, re and robust congregation with young people on fire for God and a pastor who would die for you and love you to the end, man, God can raise these people up. I ain't saying I am one. I don't know that I'd die for you. I mean, I like you a lot. <laughs> But God can give me that kind of devotion. I want to be on fire for the living God. And I want my final years to be the best ones I ever had. And I've had some good years. I like that illustration. I think I heard it from Ron Dunn, pastor in Texas. He was, um, he told about a man who wanted to go ice fishing and so he flew to Minnesota. Uh, you know, it gets cold in Michigan, but it gets colder in Minnesota. And so he went, he was going to go to this big lake that had been frozen over. And a friend of his that was going to take him out and they were going to go ice fishing. Well, the friend got sick, and so he couldn't, couldn't go, but he told him what to do, where to go, and how to do it. And so the guy went out, and he saw the lake, and it was frozen over, and so he kind of walked gingerly out onto the ice. And he found a, a place where he thought, okay, this will work. So he, he, he started digging the hole in the ice and dropped his line in. And... Uh, Suddenly he heard the ice crack. <laughs> and scared him to death. So his first response was just to flatten out on all fours and just inch his way back toward the shore. And as he was inching his way back, he suddenly heard this sound. And, it was a, and he turned and he looked and there was a big wagon pulled by two huge horses full of boxes of cargo 
And this old farmer was going across the ice on this big wagon with horses. And he actually went by the guy who was on all fours. And he looked down at him and just kept going. And the guy thought, I think I can stand up. (laughs) So he stood up and he walked to shore and he's telling his friend, he said, man, I thought I was a goner. Then this farmer, he just drove across with a horse and wagon. And uh, he said, oh, that, that cracking sound, that's the, the ice makes that noise all the time. You can't pay any attention to that. And I thought, you know, that farmer knew the ice. He knew it would hold him up. He knew there was no fear. But this new guy, he didn't know that. Now, some of us are new guys. Some of us have been new guys. I want you to know the ice is fine. The promises of God, the presence of Jesus. You see, the position of Christ, the the power of Christ, the purpose of Christ for his church. In verse 23, the presence of Christ within his body, the fullness of him who fills all. All of these things, his power and purpose and presence, this is like the ice that'll hold you up and we need to tell people, you're fine. You can drive a wagon across this thing. Jesus is strong on behalf of his church. Praise God, praise God. Let's close our service today with prayer and a final song. And let us praise God. But what are we singing to close out? (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) I will now inch forward.